Yes, so it's been so long since I did a podcast or published one or whatever. I've been slacking hard. Um, but I was like, yo, I need to do something. I should put something out and encourage the world and try to impact some people because that's my mission. That's my vision all the time. It's not just to motivate people to feel good, but to actually have, help people to take action in their life and do something sick. Um, man, I love saying things like that. That's how I talk, y'all. Do something sick. You know what I mean? If you hear that and you're like, what does do something sick mean? You should probably tune out now and go do something more productive. Um, but if you like the way I talk, you know what I'm saying? Keep talking like you're talking. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm black but sometimes, but I'm not. Anyway, good thing I'm not popular or else I'd be getting some flack for saying that. Anyways, um, today's thing is huge. Even though I sound like a goose or gaster fool right now, today's uh, topic is very big on my heart. It's something that I think will bring success in my life. and I, or I know it will. And I know it will also bring success in other people's lives as well. And it is the concept of very simply uh, being six-year-old. If you're a six-year-old, you win. No, this is why. There's a, there's a concept that six-year-olds and, and young children grasp very well. And it is the question of why. Just why? Why? Why question mark? Why, mommy? Why, daddy? Why this? Why that? Why is that car blue? Well, why? Because they paint it that way. Why? Why do they paint it blue? And we get so frustrated that our kids are like, stop freaking asking why? Just stop it! But if we can keep patience for that and help them understand why... Um, as much as we can, then it will help them learn. It will help them grow. If we help them be hungry, then think about what will change in their life. So maybe we, maybe we asked why as kids and our parents were like, that parent, you know, shut up. Please stop asking me why. Uh, Google it, but you're three and you don't even know how to log into the computer. So how do you Google it? But when you ask why, <coughs> you get down to some serious stuff. Okay, why the question of why and honesty are tied together like PB and J. Um, and in that, I mean, when you go with honesty as your policy, I see so much of I see efficiency, I see effectiveness, I see tr- it's true. Like things that are honest win every time, and things that are dishonest fail. When you have a dishonest business and a dishonest product and you, and you want to make people's money just because you want to make money and you don't actually care about, their, about them and you know, all these things, usually it fails. And I think that's because when you ask why, why is Apple making the world's greatest selling phones and computers? Uh, it, Apple actually is a good example if you listen to Simon Sinek at all because their why is very powerful. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like to change the world through devices or something, something, something. I don't know. It's, it's like it's meaningful, but it's powerful. You know, uh, comparing it to Dell or other types of PC or uh, computer com- companies, their why is to sell sweet computers uh, or to make a lot of money because my name is John Dell sort of a thing. So that to me is powerful because the why is so important. Also, when you ask why are you selling me this, and the answer is truly, which they won't admit to, because I want to make a lot of dope money off of you and I get a sweet commissions from when you say yes, then that's just a, such a sucky process. But when you ask why someone's selling something for you and they say, because I want to see your life improve, I want to see your life grow, I want to sell you an Apple iPhone because your flip phone is not nearly as capable as this, you know, that's when you really win. So... Asking why and learning why certain things are done helps you to the 15th degree 
because now you can just you can formulate why you do things and you ask yourself why i think that's the biggest one is asking yourself why am i doing this you know um for example there was a church in houston i think that didn't open up the church when there was a, a flood big floods had hit austin and houston and something like that and they didn't open their church for refuge and everybody hated on them they were like screw this church they didn't open their freaking doors for the freaking whatever and if you break down why there why are not why did they not uh, the answer to that question to my knowledge if just for the record was because uh they also were flooded like the church was flooded in a way so duh you're not going to open up your refuge to someone if it's full of water but that doesn't matter. The question is, why is everyone criticizing this church and asking uh, and, and wanting to, to just hate on this pastor for not opening up the church? Well, because they have bitterness in them, because they need someone else to look at other than their own problems. Um, because people just have that as a nature. Like, I, I don't know why, but it's, it's, it's in sports, it's in real life, it's in uh, po- uh, politics. Holy cow, that's the last time you'll ever hear me say politics on this podcast. Um, because of this exact example is people just want things to criticize and get mad at and whatever. And when you ask why someone's mad at the president or the sports team or their friend or whatever, you really get some honest policies and start to learn, oh, you know, this is what the underlying theme. So if you get anything out of all this stuff, it's absolutely that honesty is so important. Uh, asking why is so important and responding to questions asked your way with honesty is important. So purpose and behind purpose is the question of why a lot. If you if you want to figure out who you are, you ask a lot of whys, you know, because when you like my favorite question is this and let's let's put this into, into practicality and you guys can answer this in your own heart. Why do you have the job that you have? And I don't want you to answer a question, because I have to take care of my family, duh. No, well, that might be your answer, but why do you have the job that you have? Because to my knowledge, there are millions of ways to provide for your family, duh. So why do you have the job that you have? Um, Because my dad's friend got me into it and had a something, something, you know, and I get paid a lot or because I make a lot of money because it was available because it's the only thing available you know that really opens up a lot <clears throat> excuse me in one's heart to see why they do it and I love that question because it gets rid of the bullcrap excuses um, when you can honestly ask yourself why and answer that question for yourself your life will become more productive that's why I say honesty is the most fast and efficient policy because when you remove all the covers and all the blankets and all of the jackets and all of the cool clothes and you get down to the raw and it's it's embarrassing and it's shameful if you're ashamed maybe when you when you hear that question or when you ask yourself why or someone asks you why you do something and you suddenly become ashamed you know what that does it helps you grow like, that's the thing. People say, well, don't get too deep into someone's life or deep into my life because then I'm going to be embarrassed and then I'm going to see flaws. Well, good. Because if you uncover uh, the castle walls back in the uh, 1600 castle medieval days and behind the brick is actually cotton candy and there's no foundation to the building and it's just whatever, 
then one, that castle will be utterly destroyed at the first attempt of attack, and two, if you're the owner of the castle and you didn't know it was cotton candy and you unveil it to find out that your foundation is made up of cotton candy, <clears throat> then you have a bad foundation. And your and your what is your response then? Well, to make it out of concrete. So the point is, when when you uncover something and you see weakness, it helps you fix it. And and to go off on a quick tangent here, I'm very tired of people having weakness or seeing weakness in their life and then being ashamed. And that's it. Like, no, let's work on it. I need to work on this. Absolutely. Let's work on our ability to see our weakness, to see the issue in our life, and then one, be very, very confident. This is this feels foolish, this feels psychopathic, but do it. Be confident in your weakness in front of those who exposed it. If you're with somebody else and they point it out and you see it, be so confident, so confident, because when you strip away all your weaponry and all your armor and you're just like, this is me, I gotta work on it, then you rob everybody of their ammo. That's another thing. When, when, when you are exposed and you just own it and say, all right, you know what, boss? You know what, sister? You know what, dad? You know what, brother? You know what, friend? You expose this in me? I, it's true, man. I got to work on this. I'm not, I'm not happy about this. Then they're poking fun or whatever they originally used to expose you if it was corrupt gets robbed from them. And now they're exposed because they're like, oh, shoot. Uh, I was kind of hoping he would say, yeah, well, uh, you know, I only have $5 because uh, you, blah, blah, you know, and then you can say, well, no, I have, I don't, it's, I'm working on saving money, man. I'm not good. I struggle with smoking and, and I, that's where all my money's going or whatever the case is. <clears throat> now you have the beautiful ability to work on it because uh, from what I've seen in, especially in the church, but in a lot of people, Sometimes the biggest thing keeping you from fixing something in your life is the cover-up, is the fact that you've never talked to anybody about it, the fact that you can't come to your senses and say, no, this is an issue in my life. Hey, best friend, I got to tell you I've been struggling with this. You know, especially, namely, like pornography for men. Um, I've had big struggles in my sexual, sexual, uh, um, not identity, but uh, my sexual immorality, if you'll say. I don't believe pornography is good. Um, I think it ruins relationships in every way. But that being said, when I struggled with it the most was when it was so hidden. And so I'm far from perfect, and I will let everybody in the entire world listen to this because I really don't care at all. So because I'm, that's a weakness that I'm, I'm willing to expose because I know that when people know that, then it helps me improve because I can get help, one. And two, it's just there's something about it being out of the armor, that helps. I think it's because we have this mindset when it's hidden and it's covered up and we uncover it. There's just, I mean, you can't work on something that's covered in concrete. When you remove that hardness from it, from it and remove the armor around it, now you can work on it. Now you can have, you know, you can mold it and shape it and get rid of it and burn it if you have to, or (laughs) throw it away or, or sell it or whatever, like whatever it is for you. Um, man, I love podcasting. Sometimes I just get this flow in my mind, and I'm just like, man, this is fire, super dope, so I'm hoping you guys are digging this, let it, let it impact you and work in your heart, um, and then I was gonna say, too, for me, personally, when I finally uncovered my addiction issues, and got into boiling it down and trying to fix it, and work with other people, and uh, whatever, like, my wife fully knows my issues all day, because I know that's what it takes to have a successful marriage with her, when it is exposed, and it's able to be worked on like that, it has such a little uh, less of a hold on you. 
So another thing too to go on ni- the nineteenth tangent of this whole podcast because I freaking love podcasting. I'm hoping you're if you're are you driving right now? Are you on a plane right now? Are you my little brother? And I told you to download my podcast and you did because you're a good little brother. But then you listened and you were like, "Hey, this is actually pretty fire." Just kidding. Um, hopefully that happens though. Are you when you're listening to this? Like, are you getting stoked up? Because here's the thing: we have to know that we have issues and. I, I'm, I, I believe in my ish. I love humans. I love humans. I love humans. So I feel like God has given me a great mix of grace, but drive at the same time. So when I see someone and they struggle with confidence and they beat themselves up so hard and they think they're trash, I don't think that's good for them. And I sometimes want to slap it out of them, but I don't. I try to refrain. But the point is, when you have issues and you know you have the issues you become an unstoppable force. You know, I just heard that today at Coffee with a Buddy. When there's a problem in life, true success is not how many problems you have or don't. True success is knowing you have a problem. Now, how do you fix the problem? And you work on fixing the problem. You don't talk about fixing the problem. You don't tell your buddies that you have fixed it and you haven't actually fixed the problem. You fix the problem. So as much as I have grace for humans and knowing that we all have issues, because we do, we also need to work on it. Um, so that being said, I just, I just encourage you, how how sucky are you? <laughs> Put it bluntly, let's get this thing working well because I have a passion for efficient and effective improvement in those around me and those who listen to this podcast and those I talk to. How sucky are you? And, and take that with the right salt. Don't get suicidal. Don't get so depressed, which is a real thing. So, man, I... I uh, but ask yourself, what do I really struggle with? You know, am I not happy? Why? Why am I not happy? You know, boil down to the why. Let's get into the why. Why, why, why? And then and then get help, man. Get some stuff to, to fix it. You know, get those things out of your life. Figure it out. And don't be afraid to just make a move. I've quit video games like 50 times. And I need to do it again. Because they don't do anything for my life. Um, and it end up, I end up allowing them to make me an addict and not want to do anything else so take an action you know I'm gonna not play video games for like the next week watch me because that's what I need so and it hurts right like I'm not like yeah I'm not gonna play video games because they have a grip on me so hey podcast here's another uh, exposure of me that needs to be seen and I need to work through is I struggle with just being addicted to things man like I like stuff and it's easy for me to get really deep into stuff and like all that so I need to work on that so ask yourself to join me and ask yourself what do I need to work on and we'll figure it out we'll, we'll figure this whole thing out now back to the podcast thing there it's for 15 minutes and 3 seconds and I'm at a point now where I'm like I've talked a lot I need to stop but there might be some out there who want to keep listening because I listened back to my podcast once and as uh, cocky as this sounds, but more confidently as I would like it to sound, I was touched by myself. Uh, <laughs> I was, no, I, I did a pod, I listened back to my podcast and I said, man, this is actually, this really helped me. Like I needed to hear this. So if that's you, praise God, first of all, because I'm pumped. Um, I want. I just desire to help people out, and I want to help people grow. And there are some pretty ballin' podcasts out there right now that are killing it. 
and I don't even compare numbers wise to any of those but I do want to compare quality wise to those and I want to have people on the show and I just I'm just the the term motivation also turns me off just like my boy Gary V and it turns me off before Gary V said it by the way I'm not like I am kind of a Gary V addict but it's more so because I'm a me addict I like I like what I think and he says a lot of things I'm like dude Gary I've been thinking that for my whole life so it's just a correlation it's not like I'm looking at Gary idolizing him till I become him I just really appreciate what he does and he has a lot of wisdom in the area that I am already headed and when you get into motivation and you hear the word motivation sometimes it's a turnoff for me and Gary because it sounds like getting all frou-frou happy getting like in a facade and like acting like you're a beast and a lot of people consume motivational content because it makes them feel like they've done something. So I get that because I've been there. You leave like a four-day conference and you're like, man, I'm a boss. And, 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 and maybe you are. And maybe that conference actually helped you get to that mindset and some people execute on it. But some people are like, woohoo, I'm a boss. And then the next day they're doing nothing again. And they, it just makes them feel really good. Like, that stuff's all over, man. Movies do that. Music does that. It's these temporary, uh, man, I can do anything in the world. And then you just quit. You just don't, you don't do anything in the world. And I want to get past that in my life. And I want to help other people get past that in their life. Because you have a calling. You were built for something. Like, you, like you were literally the fibers of your cells and skin and, and brain mostly were built for something. You know, I always use the example Michael Jackson was built to be a singer. Period. I don't know what he wanted his voice to do for the world. I don't know how much money he made off his voice. Whatever. But I he's just a musician at heart and he killed it. And he's very highly revered for that because of what he did. So like what are you not what not how can you become Michael Jackson? Not even how can you touch as many people as Michael Jackson? Not how can you make as much money as Michael Jackson? Um you know what forget about Michael Jackson. The point is love this analogy too. When you die, if you could meet the person that you could have become, what's the comparison? You know, what's the average life expectancy? 78, 75, something like that. You get to that age, Hopefully you live longer. I pray you do. And you see the 78-year-old version of yourself who didn't ever give up, who completely pushed hard and, and was, was, was arguably perfect in their execution. What do they look like compared to the track that you're on right now to 78? Because I'm sorry that death is a motivating thing. I'm sorry. I don't like to think about it. I do not like to think about loved ones dying. I don't like to think about myself dying. Um, it's kind of scary, but it's a good reflection of what we did in life. So, like, let's go through the pain of thinking about it. I'm sorry. What would you feel like if you were terminally ill and you were diagnosed to die in 24 hours and you literally would? I know this question has been asked before, but you got to sit down and think. Are you proud of where you're at? Are you proud of what you've done? Are you proud of what's going to happen in the next week? And you can have confidence saying, well, you know what? I didn't get to where I wanted, but maybe I did at the age of 24 or, you know, next week 
is continuing to contribute to who I would have become. So there's two ways, two things that come to mind when I think about this. If, If you're not happy about where you would be if you were to die tomorrow, there's two ways to think about it as you move forward because I also pray you don't die soon, obviously. Um, also, get a relationship with Jesus. Okay, that's the number one thing. Okay, moving on. Seriously, though. Because he would encourage what I'm about to say. So, there's two things to think about. One, yes, you are on a path that's kind of depressing. I mean, you you know, if you're like me, you've had your Netflix binges. You've had plenty of things that have gone on. So, your Netflix binges don't get you anywhere. Now, is rest and relaxation a good thing? I'm sure. I'm sure it is at times. I'm sure it is. It's up to you. That's on you. Figure it out yourself. There's no formula for everybody, okay? Some people can and will and like to work 100 hours a week. Some people don't, okay? Figure it out. Get that self-awareness. It's important. So, yes, some people do need to change what they're doing and change their actions in order to not regret their life in the near future if they were to pass away. The second thing is, are you too hard on yourself? Because... Me? No, I have not at all. This morning, like the first half of today was trash. Talked to my wife, August 13th, 2018. I woke up, I told her, I'm like, I don't want to do anything today. I just don't. And I'm constantly trying to get into this mindset of loving, relaxing, which I kind of need. So that's beside the point. But if I were to die tomorrow, I am, I'm thankful I'm so thankful. I'm in such a state of gratitude that no, I, I didn't get everywhere I could have. Yes, I made some mistakes. Yes, in the last 24 hours, I made some dumb decisions that just didn't serve me, that, that were easy then and suck now. <laughs> but that's what our, the basis of our lives are built on. What's easy now, but sucks later. Netflix, video games, laying on the couch and being lazy, not going to the gym, not running, not investing in your relationships, not making a call to the person you love that needs to hear your voice and you need to hear theirs and whatever. Those things are so easy. Prove me wrong. It's natural. I'm sorry, but we have, we have, we, as humans, we are naturally inclined to do jack squat crap poop butt. Okay. I'm going to say all the words I can without swearing. And, and what do those things produce? What are you glad about? after watching your Netflix shows. Now, again, this goes for me too, guys. How many times do we need to say that? No no more times do I need to say that this is for me as well. So I'm just going to speak it in general sense. Your Netflix shows, you watch two seasons in a night and get fat off the ice cream and popcorn that you made. What do you get out of that? You have to ask yourself. Now, few people have an actual career where they review shows and they actually like have a vlog maybe about a show or whatever. That's cool. I'm not against that in the slightest. Watching shows is not what I'm against. The question is, you have to get deep down Ask your why, get vulnerable with yourself and others, and say, I binged two seasons because I was really upset because my boyfriend broke up with me and I needed it, okay? But the problem is, how do you feel now after binging two seasons of your show in one night? Do you feel good? Does it serve you to impact the world greater later? Probably not. So, for example, me since I can speak to my own story, obviously, because I'm me, I like to not speak, tell other people what to do as much as I can because I want to go through my own life and and see what works for me and and help other people who might think the same way. For me, 
the reason that video games are so destructive is because when I play a game, I, I'm not like a Call of Duty, like, yeah, man, I'm going to go get some headshots and shoot some people in the face, get 20 kills, and I'm out. Yeah, 13-year-old kids, and I get competitive. I want to just troll people all the time. No. When I play games, I play the very deep games, RPGs they're called, role-playing games, where you, that's very numbers-based, you get extra stats, you get plus five strength on that piece of gear, but you lose minus 7% crit rate. Is that worth it? <laughs> Blah, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Point is, I get into the games that suck me in. It's like a show for me. Video games to me is like a show on steroids because I'm controlling it. I'm like building this other life. I'm building this castle. I'm building an empire. I'm building my character, my kingdom. And it's fun. It's fun to grow. I like to grow. I want to do what I do in video games in real life. Problem is, I get addicted to that. And then I go to sleep that night after playing for five hours. And when I'm when I'm falling asleep, I'm thinking, okay, next time I play this game, what's going to help me increase this? So arguably, it's an efficient type of mindset because I don't play games to like gel out and make my brain turn to like pudding in my head. I actually play games to be efficient, to be smart, to work with the numbers, to do math. Um, sounds weird, but there is a select few people out there who do that just like I do. But it becomes so addicting that it consumes me. And so I wake up the next day and I want to do it again. Now, I don't like, this is why I bring this up is for you because it's about self-awareness. The relaxation and the rest that you do to recuperate, to do more of what you were built to do, is it addicting? Is it something that actually destroys what you were built to do? Because I grew up in a minimalist mentality where like getting a massage costs too much money and everything optional costs too much money. What's the cheapest meal you can get? Skip coffee every time. Never pay for something. Stay inside. Don't waste the gas. Like my money barriers are so huge you wouldn't believe. So that being said, like a, a massage to me was always like a scary thing because it costs so much money. Like, oh my goodness, $60 for 30 minutes. Like that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But then I, I sit down and I realize, what would a massage do for me? So for me, it's going to the salon. It's going to the barber, um, the barber shop. I love getting my hair cut a ton. Like I just, I love sitting in the chair and it's cool when it's a gal that cuts my hair because like, I don't know, like, I, I, I like it other way, but like, I like that. Like females just have that kind of like mom touch, mom sense. You know, I, I like that a lot, that calmness, that gentleness. Um, my wife also has a very motherly, gentle vibe, aura to her. I love that. Anyway, I like the process of sitting in this beautiful chair and getting this. I like my hair. It's weird, guys. I'm a guy, so my my male friends, please forgive me for this, okay? The estrogen levels in here are about to skyrocket. I like when my hair is touched. I like to get my hair cut. And then I like to make conversation. I like, like, the cool gel they put on your hair, on your the side of your face before they, like, cut it with a razor. Like, it's cool, man. Sick. And then I look dope afterwards because I got a fresh cut, bro. Fresh hair chop, you know what I'm saying? Like, got my fresh cut, you know what I'm saying? Fresh clips, you know what I'm saying? That, to me, serves me because I'm not going to go to sleep. Oh, man, I can't wait to go back to the barbershop tomorrow. Uh, I get my hair cut, like, once every three months. So, it's not something that I get addicted to, but was it worth 14 bucks instead of taking a size 6 razor to my head by myself or by, with my wife's help for free? Um, arguably, yes, it is worth it. Uh, because it serves me. Uh, I don't know. I'm working on this one too. Is it, is it, is it shallow to have this mindset? I don't know. But when I have a fresh cut, I feel comprised of myself. I feel composed. I feel ready. I feel, I feel fresh. I feel cool. I feel like people uh, might treat me with more respect, which in turn leads hopefully to them being impacted as well because I want to help people. 
So when I drive up in a trash butt car and I'm wearing gym shorts and a ripped tee that has uh, deodorant and BO stains in the armpit and I'm going to try to help somebody with their life, look, I'm sorry if that it's superficial to, to shoot for the opposite style and look, but the point is if they see me like that, they won't want to hear from me and I won't have the opportunity to impact that person. So I sound a lot more selfless than I really am, but I do desire to impact others. That's what I feel my calling is. So I want to do it in the most good way I possibly can. And I just want to stay fresh. I want to stay, uh, what's the word? Uh, upkempt. Isn't that the word? Upkept, whatever. So all that said, do I talk too fast? Somebody hit me up with that too. I think I talk too fast sometimes, but I'm working on it. All that said, getting a haircut serves me in the end because I'm able to feel fresh. I don't get addicted to going to the barbershop. Uh, it just serves me. But it's as relaxing and as fun and as, as chill and cool, if not more, than playing video games by myself or watching a show or going hard on some ice cream. All of those, or, or skipping out on the gym. All of those, I regret. Getting a haircut, I don't. So... That being said, that's another portion to the asking why of what you do and will you be thankful for your life's work by the end of your life because you need to ask yourself, okay, Brady, chill, dude. Like, I can watch freaking Netflix. Yes, you can. But do you get addicted to Netflix? Do Like, this is what I love, guys. People who can't get vulnerable with themselves and with other people hate and I mean like despise, loathe what I do <laughs> because they're like, Brady, screw you. You think you can just charge people to tell them how to live their life and tell them that the system is wrong and all this because those people have a hard time looking deep within, right? Their people might have barriers and roots and I know those people aren't listening 30 minutes into my podcast, so <clears throat> that's fine. But be wary of that. As you pursue your life, your best life now, (laughs) as you pursue the things that you feel called into and your purpose and your impact of the world, know that you'll get some haters by people who, I think it's jealousy sometimes, sometimes it's jealousy. They have never were told that and they're 50, now what? So they don't know what to do. They're 50 and they don't know what how to pursue what they wanted to pursue and they count it as loss. It's gone. Like, I'll never be able to pursue my thing. So they might see you pursuing yours. And But the, the point is, it's so hard. As, as fragile as humans are, as, as hundreds and thousands of options are around you to die, like driving in a car or there's a knife nearby you might trip on and die. Like, like, this is a really weird thing, but it's like humans aren't invincible, if you didn't know. It's easy for a person to die. It's very easy. So please don't take advantage of that. But you think about how like resilient we actually are though. Point is, it's very easy to really ruin your life. It's really, it's really, uh, did I say easy? It's really hard to ruin your life. It's really difficult to just make one decision that throws the rest of your life off forever. When you have the right mindset and you listen to this and you go, you know what? Time to go for it. You know what? It's time to pursue my purpose and my passion on the side as a full-time. I'm quitting my job cold turkey and I'm going full in. Or I'm working five minutes a week on my passion, but it's better than zero. When you do that and you make a weird decision 
that's like regrettable, it's so easy to just stop regretting it. I mean, like, I don't want to do this, but if I was a million dollars in debt and I got some investment from some brother who invested in my business uh, as a like a loan and it was a million bucks, I would sweat pretty often. Maybe even some blood would come out of my pores. But I would be able to say, you know what? Okay, well, let's pay him back. (laughs) And let's do it in the means that I was built to do, brothers. Like, just shut this off and go listen to Gary Vee. Honestly, he just spits the message better than I do, period. Because he talks about you can make money, you can make your living. Is life all about making money? No. Is Is money a good tool? Yes. If we're going to work 8 to 10 hours a week, or a day, then it should be done in something that we love. That's my belief. You can make money. He used the example the other day of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That Read the book Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. If you're concerned about making money on your passion, first of all, talk to me because I've read the book and I love it. And I love this study. <clears throat> Secondly, read the book Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk written in 2009. It's relevant still. It's powerful. You can do what you love. Listen. I said it a million times. Why? Actually, like three times. Why would you pursue what you love as a calling? Right? You might be sitting here. If you're still 33 minutes into this, you either are listening because you love me. And if that's the case, turn it off. I respect you already. But if you're not if you're not growing from this, shut it off. But if you're still grinding on this and you're like, man, this is good. I'm, I'm chewing on this. Then hear me out. We're sitting here deciding to, to pursue a career. Now, I have a wife and kid in a house some slight obligations, so I'm not free from what I'm about to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm part of it too, I'm convicted of this, I feel hypocritical sometimes, but that's why I'm recording this podcast instead of watching a show or eating freaking ice cream, because I'm pursuing my passion, but if you're sitting there and you're so like, ah, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to pursue, I feel stuck, I feel lost, go for it, go, go, I'm your permission, go, I'm your shield, go. If you have to hear the voice anymore, because there are so many, I've seen it. The reason Gary and Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss and all these people that are like thought leaders and uh, pur- purpose seekers, we'll call them, purpose family. The reason that they get views majority of the time is people who are watching their videos going, man, I would love to open up my coffee shop or my boba shop or my whatever that's my passion, man. I want to do it. But they don't because they're waiting for something to occur. They're waiting for someone to tell them, hey, Jim, you want to start your coffee shop, but you don't have enough money? There's a free $600,000 pile of cash over there that you can go grab right now and start your business. Here's the problem. People who actually would believe that, say it was true. Say I said to you, yo, you want to pursue your passion but you're afraid to because you don't have enough this, you don't have enough that. I get it. I've been there. I'm there every day. I know what that's like to have limiting beliefs. But there was $60,000 sitting in the corner and you could literally go pick it up. If you're the type of person, I want to I want to speak this, that's waiting to hear that there's 60 600,000 free dollars in the corner. Now you can start your business. Woohoo. I put money on 90% of the time people who are waiting for that $600,000 to fall into their lap as some miracle investment so they can start their business will fail their business. It's the lottery, man. Like, gosh, I need to look up the statistics on this. To my knowledge, so many people who do the lottery 
get destroyed in a year because they lose all the money. Why? Because they didn't work for it. You know, it's so practical. You don't value something that comes to you. If you were to go get $600,000 for literally for free, no debts, no interest, no nothing, and you've got this dream to start a coffee shop, 90% of the time, you will not spend it on the coffee shop. You might start a little bit. You might have a little bit of fun here and there, but then you're like, oh man, I got 600000 I better look good. Now you got a Rolls Royce. Uh, I better have a nice house. You know, Think about how much that would serve me. And now you ditch your decent house for a mansion and you're broke. And now your business failed because you looked at the wrong thing. So all that being said, too, when you wind it in, let's wind, let's wind this down, okay? I'm like going hoarse because I'm talking so much. But if you've listened this far, seriously, I love you so much. I appreciate you listening to this all day. Man, this is awesome. And I need to connect with you. I have to connect with you. It is not an option. If you're hearing this and you're this far along, contact me, please. Bradyville at gmail.com. B as in boy. R-A-D-Y-V-I-L at gmail.com. Bradyville. Hit me up. <coughs> Talk to me because I need to speak with you because I will help you so much. Yes, I will. Check it out. Winding it all in. The reason that the 90% of people will fail if they take $600,000 in the corner and start to start a business with it because that's what they were waiting on is because that was their drive. Their drive was to just have enough to start a business. But once you finally do, you realize that if you hadn't waited for $600,000, you would have been going to coffee conventions. You would have been going, like, to start a coffee shop. You would have been going to coffee shops around you and meeting with the owners. Like, that's what I'm saying. There is so much we can do for free. A guy asked me that the other day. He's like, Man, what if you want to start a shop and you don't have enough money or whatever stocked up? I'm like, dude, so you can get it as a loan? That's an option in life. I don't know if it's the smartest option. Or you can go around to your favorite coffee shops, be nice, hook up with them, say, dude, you know, could I meet with you? I want to hear about what it's like to have a coffee shop. Hey, do you have any positions open? Hey, can can I serve you in any way? How can I help you? Um, What's your biggest struggle? What's your biggest upside? What's your favorite thing about this? How much? How have you guys been doing financially? Has it been working well? And if you're a good person and you're legitimately curious and want to figure that stuff out, out and even bring them some value, like pay them for it or you know, bring your buddies, uh, 10, 10 group of friends there to buy coffee with you and all that and support their business, whatever. Like Serve them back. Don't just steal stuff from them, their, their knowledge. But the, the point is you can do all that without any money And I call it the 1% connection rule in life. 1% of the people you talk to, 1% of the meetings you go to will have an opportunity of some sort. So it might be more than 1%. I shoot for 1% to keep things practical so I don't get sued and I don't upset myself because if I said 50%, it'd be wrong. When you meet with those people, maybe they have a position open. Maybe, Maybe they love you so much and they see your drive and they're like, bro, you would slaughter here. Like our baristas and our employees are trash. They don't care about my business. You know, but you clearly do. You love this. So come work with me for three years and then we'll open another location and I'll have you run it. You know, that could happen. 1% chance, right? Or less. Um, that is why receiving 600, relying on just 600,000 to start anything is a failure. If you love something right now and you want to pursue it, even if you don't know exactly what it is, listen to me. You can start stuff now. Social media is the greatest tool to you right now. It's your greatest friend. 
You can get in there. You can talk to other people. You can start doing stuff. You can ask them around for your friends. Like the, the, the people you can touch in two seconds on through social and through your phone and through the digital era is huge. So start now. If you don't know what you're supposed to pursue, pick one. There is no, it's like marriage. Like I'm just waiting for the one, like the one. Well, what if you married that person and then they died three days later? Like, no, I don't want, I don't wish that upon you. The point is if they were the one and it was just the one, well, okay, you got three days worth of marriage and you know, I'm sorry. So there is no one, there's no one wife. Uh, uh, yes, you should only have one wife. Dang it. I'm, I'm stepping on my own tail here, but the point is, I love this, man. If someone is still here listening to this, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't doubt myself that hard, but like if someone's still here, I love it. This is like the point though, where there's like maybe one person in the world is still listening right now and they're like just getting rocked right now. They're just getting floored. They're like, man, this is what I need to hear. But the rest of the building is just left. They're like, all right, Brady, uh, you know, I wanted to support you. I'm your mom, but I only listen to five minutes to get, you know, one, one view on your podcast, one like. So go into one thing, seek that thing out. There is no one specific do in your life. There might be one specific who you are, right? Like you might be for me, like I want to impact the world. I want to, I want to do one-on-one coaching client stuff for, I think the rest of my life. I mean, like that's where my passion is now that might not ever change, but until I know that it needs to change or it does change or God calls me somewhere else or whatever, I'm going to pursue it with a lot of my energy and gas and money and buying coffee for random people that I don't even know and whatever because I love it, okay? And I've been doing this for eight months now, pretty solid, pretty straight uh, for eight months and it's been a lot of fun. So if if, if it wasn't the thing, I learned that and I move on and I didn't get a $600,000 loan from somebody. So I don't have an obligation as much as $600,000 to stay in it if it's not for me. So it's been good, man. I just picture people, it's like 2 a.m. where they're at right now and they wanted to go to sleep like 40 minutes ago, but they somehow stumble across this podcast and they're like, man, this is kind of good. So if that's you, man, I, oh my goodness, like I would literally pay someone five, 10 bucks if they made it this far. If you made it this far, contact me and I will give you $10. I'm dead serious. First person to contact me that hears this and says, and, and says Brady, emails me at bradyvilla.gmail.com and says, Brady, I listened to your podcast. I made it 42 minutes and 40 seconds in. You have to say this in some form. I will give you $10. I'm dead serious. Please take me up on this. Please take me up on this because I want to know you made it and I'll pay you 10 bucks. (laughs) Oh man. And also I want to talk with you because I love everybody. So I love you guys so much. I love you so much, and this has been so good, and there's just, man, I just feel it. I just feel that I'm, I'm so small right now. I'm like a, I'm like a little ant, but I'm, I want to be a monster someday, man. I want to, I want to be a, a king of personal development in a way, because I want to touch people. Like this community right here feels so real. What if this was a room of people of my team, and we were chatting, man? One day, one day, man, one day, it's gonna be good. So. Same goes to you. Whatever you're doing and focusing on and want to pursue, one day it's going to be sick. But you got to put your head down now. You got to record 43 minutes and 40 seconds of a podcast. 
So, all right, we'll catch you later. Please contact me. Please talk with me. I love you guys so much. I I say it because I mean it, dude. I say it because I mean it. So, we'll catch y'all later. Let me know how I can serve you. Let me know what you want to hear a podcast on. If you like my stuff, let me know if you have time to meet up and go to coffee and you're in the Phoenix area, preferably West Valley, honestly. But anywhere, because I'll drive anywhere for this. And share this with somebody share this with somebody who do you know that would benefit from this if nobody then don't but if you know someone that would benefit from this and you benefited from this then share it out (laughs) because chances are i'm going to take a bet that most people in the world would have better benefited from listening to this for the last 44 minutes than not listening to this for 44 minutes okay i love you guys i'm going to do just a nice little quick fade out here and uh, it's been real talking to you so I love you guys so much. Peace out.